episode was brought to you by our Patreon supporters, longtime supporters like Greg and Pearl Morgan, Amy Swan, Greg Bench, Joe Robertson, and Dan George, and new patrons like Kate Lamb, Andred, and Carl Davis are the people who make this podcast possible. Stick around for an extended shout out at the end. Now on to the episode. Welcome to another episode of Father and Son Watch Horror Movies. I am your co-host, the father, a.k.a. Pastor Matt, and I am joined, as always, by my trusty sidekick, Jackson the Sun, and big spoiler alert for today's episode, because if you haven't seen Minions 2, The Rise of Gru, <laughs> that will be on both of our horror top ten lists, so be forewarned. It will not. Get it, around to it, and then come back. It will not, but this is the episode I look forward to. This and our Oscar episode mm. are the two I look forward to most of the year. It is our top 10 horror movies of 2022. Yes. So, what we'll do is we will go round robin from 10 down to 2. We'll talk about some honorable mentions and then we will name our number one. But to begin with, as Jackson swills his Perrier like his, <laughs> the future rock star that he is. Yes. Um, so fancy. What did you think of 2022? Well, look, it was, uh, it was, it's, I think it started out slow. Um, maybe not so slow, not as slow as some years, but I wasn't super blown away about halfway into the year. Um, granted I'd only seen like 10 new releases, but I think as the year went on, it became really, really strong. I'm not sure it's quite to 2018 levels, but it was a pretty solid year. This is the year when people are coming back from the pandemic. They've got uh, they've got lots of, of um, ideas that they have floating around in their head. They're writing treatments during the, the lockdown, and now they're actually able to film them. Uh, so we got some, some ones that were uh, a long time in, in the making. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a strong year overall. I think I was less sure of my top ten list before this week. I had a couple of, of honorable mentions or a couple of ones that moved up, and I had a couple ones that I hadn't seen at all. Uh, that somehow made their way onto the list. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Got a few surprises. Um, but, uh, yeah, how, how about you? What did you think of 2022? I, I didn't think it was as strong of years we've had in the past five or six years. We've sure. had some really strong years in the last five or six years. Mm-hmm. The rise of Jordan Peele, Ari Aster, Robert Egger, you know, so forth over the last few years has really seen a resurgence in in horror films not just a number of things being dumped to streaming services but a lot of theatrical works that were big hits mm-hmm. um you know you can say all you want about marvel movies but horror has made a theatrical comeback at the mm-hmm. box office so i did think it was a good year i mm-hmm. agree with you early on in the year we had like and i know we have some mixed opinions about this but scream and texas chainsaw massacre but it really picked up as as we went along. And by the way, I liked Scream and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But I, I was positive on them too. I give a positive rating to both. I'm higher on Texas Chainsaw than Scream, surprisingly enough. Yeah. Well, it does have the bus scene, which is fantastic. Yes. But um, and that may come up in our horror Oscars when we start talking about best maybe, kills and all maybe. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. You ready to jump into it? I am so excited. Before we get in, I do want to say a couple big exemptions, ones I haven't seen that I think might make my honorable mentions or even my list if I had seen them before. Resurrection, that was a big one. Uh, Hatching, Piggy, and The Innocents. I didn't see those, Um, but those have been rated highly by people I respect 
But yeah, Resurrection Hatching Peggy and the Innocents. Just to spoil it a little, will not be on this list. They may in a future time be in my honorable mentions. Um, But uh, yeah, so those those might be great. I just haven't seen them. Yeah, and I, you know, we'll have an announcement at the end of this podcast about something. But yeah, I've been really busy and I missed three I really wanted to see. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bones and All, which Mm -hmm. I didn't see. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fresh, Mm -hmm. which I didn't see. And Piggy, which I didn't see. And so those are three that I missed. So, but I'm I'm happy with my list. I don't feel like it's missing anything. This is a pretty strong one. Some years I have uh, lists where I'm like, oh well, eleven and ten could switch. You know, one and two could switch depending on the day. But I'm pretty locked in on this one. All right. Well, let's jump into it. And so everybody listens for you. So let's you start it off. What is your number 10 of the year? Well, I don't know about that, but I will oblige. I will give you my number 10. My number 10 is one that I watched this week, and that's Speak No Evil. This is one that I heard you rave about. Um, I was interested in seeing it, but I just got around to it recently. Speak No Evil. Look, it's it's a slow burn. It's a tense slow burn. It's got a somewhat predictable twist, but it's it's really it comes down to the execution. I mean, it's got... Did you think it was a predictable twist? I didn't. You know, it's sort of the get out sort of thing. Okay. You see a, a little bit coming. It's not a huge slap in the face when it finally happens because it does build to it. Gradually. And I should say, again, we are a spoiler podcast. Yeah. I didn't say it before. We do spoil the movies we talk about, so yeah. we can spoil them. So speak no evil. Nathan Bartabal, our buddy over at Phantom Galaxy, he hated it. Mm. But I really liked it. I liked it a lot. I mean, it, it was shot beautifully had a really haunting score, even before anything's happening. When they're just on vacation in Italy, it's mm-hmm. like already you know something's going to happen. We don't know why it's menacing until later. Between these two families. Right, yeah. right. But great stuff. Also, the characters' accents, it didn't hurt that they were really funny. It was like really funny <laughs> to listen to them talk. Um, you know, they're, one family's Dutch, one family is uh, Danish, Danish and Dutch. So, um, Well, it's, is that the same thing? I don't know. <laughs> uh, listen, Northern Europe is not my my okay. expertise, uh, but they're they're from Peter two Nielsen different... will need to weigh in on this. Yeah, but, they're uh... from two different uh, Northern European countries. They both know English. They're speaking in English in their in their accents. But as we've all both given Peter a hard time, which is yeah. one of the reasons he's probably never been on the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, he's gonna love that. <laughs> oh boy, we love you, Peter. We love you, Peter. Um, but yeah, that's my number 10, Speak No Evil. Now I'm very excited to hear what your number 10 is. My number 10 is a movie we watched together, mm-hmm. which initially, I'll be excited to hear what you think, mm-hmm. I liked more than you did, which sure. was Watcher. Mm, this might be on my list. Uh, really? But I will say right now, you know, this one grew on me since originally watching it with you, Dad. I'm wondering what you know, why it's it's remained so strong with you over time. Because I don't know if this has grown on you or dropped down your list at all. No, it hasn't dropped. It's always been in my top 10. It's always been kind of near the bottom. It is a slow burn, mm-hmm. but I love the performances. Uh, Make a Monroe, if I'm pronouncing mm-hmm. that correct. Of It Follows. Of It Follows. Burn Gorman, who I think so is creepy. fantastic. He is so creepy at it. I think it's incredibly well shot. You know, and it's um, a movie. I wonder if it's grown on your list because of your girlfriend and where it was shot. But because hey, uh, her family is from where? They're from Romania. Yep. It's set it's set in Bucharest, 
Um, yeah, so maybe. Who, who's to say? We'll, we'll see, won't we, as we, as we go along Alrighty. this. Well, we'll hold off on Watcher to see if it pops yeah. back up. But mm-hmm. I definitely think this is a contender for our horror Oscars, those two performances especially. Definitely. I thought were really, really solid. And I know that our buddy Wes Jones over at Real Talk really likes this movie. It made mm-hmm. his top ten. I, I think it's solid. And it's on, I believe, Shutter is where you can find it. And it's definitely worth checking out well the actor from it follows she's like obviously burn gorman steals the show when he's on screen oh yeah but she's such a great audience conduit character you know what i mean that's what i thought of her and it, like everything we're thinking she's thinking you know what i mean so just a perfect oh the POV scene character. where she waves mm-hmm. at the watcher and then it takes like five seconds until he waves mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. great shot great moment and then the ending of this movie mm-hmm. is fantastic yeah so, well, I, I'll have more to say about that later, All possibly. Right. Um, but that's not my number nine. My number nine is The Sadness, oh. which is one you warned me about. You recommended but warned me. Yes. And you said, I don't know if I'm ever going to watch it again. <laughs> not, because it's not, not because it's not great, which it is, um, but... Uh, it is just so much. It is. It's it is, disturbing. It is very disturbing. Um, and I think we talked about that on our bonus pod, our most recent bonus pod. Well, but... the, the thing I did after I watched the sadness yeah. on on um, Shutter was I did two things. First, I messaged you and mm-hmm. told you you needed to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing I did was message our our buddy Butcher Bill because anybody who loves the Human Centipede. And human guinea pig, I knew would love this movie, and yeah. I wasn't wrong. It, yeah. it was high up on his top ten list. So, and we will talk about the sadness again. Okay, I'm so excited, um, and that's kind of how we've done it in years past. Where if we have a movie that's later down on the list, we'll just give a short little thing on it, and then expand yeah. on it later, um, because the the reviews get longer as we go down the list, anyways. So. Um, but yeah, number nine for me is The Sadness, which is uh, an amazing, it's Thai, isn't it? Is it Taiwanese or, or from Thailand? Well, it's, it's, it's um, strange because it was actually made by a Canadian director. I saw that, the director, yeah. Is, yeah. But, but um, I'm sure the crew and, the, you know, and then obviously the, the cast are all, I think, Taiwanese because the Chinese government uh, president is in it in a really messed up scene. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, this is not playing in 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 China. No. the the co- Chinese Communist Party is not playing this movie. Yeah. All right, we'll talk more about it in a minute. Um, my number nine mm. is I know I, some people don't consider this a horror movie, and I don't understand why. Because you have an alien from outer space slaughtering people mm-hmm. in brutal ways. Mm-hmm. You know, in the in the 1950s, that would automatically be considered a horror movie. Sure. Yeah. Right. If them is a horror movie, if Invaders from Mars is a horror movie, mm-hmm. um, obviously this is a horror movie. My number nine is Prey. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I remember when we covered it, you were really high on it. Um, it probably is the best Predator sequel. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I've got a soft spot in my heart for Predator 2. It's cheesy huh. goodness. Um, but you big Gary Busey fan, are you? I, I am, actually. <laughs> okay. I love Point Break. <laughs> Um, the Busey. Yeah, Busey. Mm-hmm. He's something. Uh, he's got the Nick Nolte thing he's going a spe- on. Uh, he's a special kind of crazy, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so 
I'm I'm surprised if it is on your top ten list. I mean, it was a great movie, but uh, I guess it does make sense. I mean, it's it really is a return to form for the the franchise, which kind of, depending on who you ask, got off track at some point. Amber Mid Thunder, mm-hmm. you know, is so amazing as the yeah. wannabe warrior in mm-hmm. this. She's incredible. The fight scenes with the bear. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. great was that scene? A bear predator boxing match. Oh, yeah. So darn good. Mm-hmm. I love Prey. It is the Predator sequel I've wanted for so long. And Predator 2, I saw in the theater. I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Alien versus Predator is kind of a guilty pleasure for me. Sure. You know, I love Lance Henriksen in it. I thought it was good. Right. The other um, Predators I thought was decent. Um, the others I haven't cared for too much, but this movie, this is what I wanted. Mm-hmm. This is fantastic. Well, I'm sure you'll be happy to hear, I'm sure you heard about this, that Prey is getting a sequel with different time periods. Yes. That's what they're planning on doing. Which is Bring it on. What everybody wanted. Everybody wants a samurai predator movie, uh, old uh, west predator movie. Yes. So it looks like that's that's going to be the future. Or it's sort of like a um, anthology sort of thing. So Different instead people. of Billy the Kid versus Dracula, we get yeah. Billy the Kid versus Predator, which is awesome. And I say make it Young Guns three. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be perfect. Resurrect Young Guns. Oh. Bon Jovi will do the soundtrack. Yes, perfect. Yes, let's do it. That's my number nine is Prey. Yeah, great pick. Uh, my number eight is one that we touched on earlier, and that's Watcher. Yes. Has won me over since watching it. Um, like we said, the cast is fantastic. Great location work. That's the thing I want to point out. Yeah. Upon reflection, I mean, it somehow manages to be like both isolating and like super lonely, but also kind of cozy and homely in certain scenes. Yeah. It just makes that balance so well. Um, just a, it's just a, it was a great watch, and it's one that when you think about it more and more, that kind of oppressive stranger in a strange land sort of thing, combined with these like, I mean, maybe her mind is just wandering, maybe she's she's just paranoid, but as it goes on, we become more and more sure, you know. And uh, so, great great watch, like we said, great cast, and I'm really looking forward to, uh, I you know, I could do with more Eastern European horror. I think that that is a setting I that agree. could be explored more. I was listening to Retro Movie Geek this week and um, with our buddies Joel and Peter and, and, and Daryl, and they had uh, Tristan on, who's a mm-hmm. she's an actress and been in a lot of horror movies. And they were talking about, you know, do you, as a performer, do you want to do different roles or are you happy being typecast because you always have that role? Mm-hmm. You can always be the swarthy cop or you can always be the villain. Burn Gorman. Mm-hmm has got a career for the rest of his life as a creep. Oh, yeah. I mean, he could just do silent roles. That smile that he that he puts on. Ugh. When so he's creepy. in the subway mm-hmm. and he's holding that bag mm-hmm. and she's trying to see what's in the bag and he's talking. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, so disturbing. And then, like I said, he could do silent roles, but then once he starts talking, that slow mannered way of speaking yes so deliberate and yeah because yeah he's thinking about every word and he's thinking about what implication those words could have he knows exactly what he's saying he's just you know really really creepy so great villain but like i said great protagonist Ugh. as well um yeah just a just a really a really fun movie um and i don't know so much i mean it is a, kind of a slow burn but it keeps you invested all the way along there's no oh, there's agreed. no stretches of nothing happening so agreed 
And when we were watching, because you're learning a little bit of the language, you could understand some of it. Yeah, I was kind of ahead of, uh, ahead of the character. <laughs> she's in a taxi, and the, the person driving the cab is talking in Romanian, and she's like, huh, what? And I was like, I heard what he said. <laughs> uh, so maybe it lost a little bit of the of the um, fish-out-of-water sort of thing for me. But So Patreon supporters, here's what you can um, understand. Your investment in Jackson's future, Mm -hmm. understand he's learning Romanian, and that's where a lot of horror movies are being shot. Mm -hmm. He won't need a translator. He's ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all set. Maybe I'll do do like a The Sadness type thing where I go to Romania and I make a movie there. (laughs) Hey, it could work out. All right. Um, My number eight is a movie we saw together, Mm -hmm. The Black Phone. Yes. Yeah. That seems like a million years ago, doesn't it? It does. When yeah. that came out. Yeah. Man, it's been so long. But um, this year has felt long in general. Like we were talking about, I didn't even realize that Fresh came out this year because it feels like I watched it so long ago. It came out in January. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so loved it. Well, we've had, I mean, I, I, you've had, you know, your band, two semesters in school, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. But I've had COVID, the flu. <laughs> every Mm -hmm. bug that's come along but yeah we saw the black phone um i'm a fan of scott derrickson yeah i think he always does solid work um sinister we covered this Mm -hmm. year by him but i also want to say you know ethan hawk definitely will come up during our horror oscars he's so so great oh he's amazing Mm -hmm. in it i mean just the the even the hand gestures this face oh with the tom savini mask yeah and then also, and I want to make sure I look this up to get it right, mm-hmm. Madeline McGraw is the younger sister. She was fantastic. Yeah, when she's talking to Jesus. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's really wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I, I can't say enough about this movie. It's so creepy. Mm-hmm. It's suspenseful. It reminds me kind of one of my favorite movies from a year ago, the boy behind the door because mm-hmm. of the suspense. Mm-hmm. Nobody seems safe, and it's just. And Ethan Hawke, even when he's done horror movies, mm-hmm. uh, Sinister, Daybreakers, The Purge, you know, he, he kind of plays a likable jerk. Mm-hmm. Somebody yeah. you don't trust, but you don't think he has bad intentions. Sure. In this movie, he's a pure sociopath. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the first time I remember him doing that, and I think he's wonderful at it. Oh, yeah, he's so good, which makes you wonder, like, given, you know, his range that we know now, how many roles has he missed out on that he could have done so well? Because they see him as a pretty boy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, for one, I love seeing him, not a horror movie, but seeing him in Knives Out 2 and Glass Onion for a bit part. That was so good. He just <laughs> he just shows up to give people COVID vaccines and then he's gone. Glass Onion was fun. Yeah, yeah, it was it a was lot fun. of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would, and my non horror movie list that would make my top ten. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely great. So, all right, what's your next movie? My number seven <laughs> uh, is a movie that I don't know if you've seen. I think maybe you have. It's called Mad God. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by Phil Tippett incredible incredible work of art over how many years over like 20 something 30 almost stop motion right yes it's a stop motion like mixed media like claymation fabric sort of fantastic mr fox style but it's like it's a passion project like i said 30 years in the making 
and it manages to get you excited about its completion, even if you didn't even know about its production until it came out. Um, so it just it feels like a monumentous thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of people complain that the second half kind of deviates from the narrative. It becomes more of like a vignette thing, where it's like just little different characters throughout the apocalypse, rather than following that main character through the beginning. But that's the part I love the most. I love that seeing all the different creatures. It's like a music video. Uh, it really does. it feels like a tool music video that you see on MTV, but it does feel like a tool music video. Yeah. Yes, it and I mean it makes sense. He's been working on it since the '90s, so I guess that makes sense. But such it's it's amazing. Such a disturbing movie. I mean, you'd think stop motion. It's like oh, what's it going to be like? Paranorman, you know, like Coraline. <laughs> no, it is really disturbing, really messed up. It's a fever dream. It is. Yeah, from the mind of the guy who gave you the guy being shot up by the robot in robocop with his chest exploding yeah. it's like that the entire movie it's just all that um but it's fantastic and um yeah it's just the craft that goes into it but it's also entertaining it's not just one of those things where it's like oh i appreciate the art it's also kind of dumb and fun <laughs> yeah you know you have these giants being electrocuted and pooping into a valve right. that feeds this brain right. thing right. it's just a lot of really funny stuff so yeah mad god is my number seven and uh it didn't make my list mm-hmm. i did see it mm-hmm. i gave it a positive review mm-hmm. i'm not sure if i'll ever watch it again Mm-mm. um because i you know it is just kind of i, I disagree i think it is kind of vignette ish mm-hmm. but yeah it's impressive yeah <clears throat> i was wowed by you know the technical parts of it mm-hmm. it just it didn't capture me as it did other people i know jay of the dead really loves this movie sure. and i apologize you can hear our my puppies barking <laughs> in the background because they're mad that jackson and i are up in the podcast room and they want to get yeah. at him we have um, a we're, new podcast studio in the works yep so super excited about that but the, yeah earlier the one of the dogs is sitting in my lap so she wanted to record with us <laughs> and they both fight to sit on your lap yeah. but yeah, Mad God didn't make my list. I do believe I gave it like a 6 or 7 out of 10. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy it. Probably never watch it again. But hats off to Phil Tippett for what he did. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, yeah, going from just, you know, VFX, and he did great work on some of the Star Wars movies and Jurassic Park and RoboCop, like I said. But going from that to having your own feature, it's totally yours. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just fantastic. I mean, he did a lot of the stuff himself. He had interns uh, that went to his college class that were helping him out with it. Uh, but a lot of it was just him, which is just incredible. I know he had a mental breakdown while making it, so it's just like... It shows. Yeah, it sure does. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was fantastic, and that's why it's my number seven. All right. Well, my number seven, and I will go ahead and apologize to Brian Scott, because I know how much he loves this movie. Uh-oh. It's his favorite of the year. It's my number seven. I do love it. Mm-hmm. I bought it. I own it. I think it is it, it is really great, and the fact that this director did two great movies in one year kind of gave it away there. Yeah, it's Ty West's X mm-hmm. at my number seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue with you. We might see this one later on, uh, but I will say uh, I'm flipped with you on my Pearl and X placement. Uh, so that might come up. I, I I do think that he deserves credit. This movie looks like it was shot for the drive-in in the 70s. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's all, like like you said on our last bonus episode, it, it feels like something from the period. Like, you could actually unearth it a It feels like what Toby Hooper followed up Texas Chainsaw exactly. Massacre with. Yeah, yeah if, you, if you had never heard of Jenna Ortega and Mia Goth and, you know, and Ty West and Kid Cudi, 
and you found a print of this on 16 millimeter, you would just think, oh, it's. And this. I knew nothing about Kid Cudi. You did. Mm-hmm. He's great in this. He's so great. And yeah. a comedic role, but also, you know, he shows a lot of empathy when he's talking to Howard. You know, I think it's a great role for him and playing the cover of Landslide, um, <laughs> which is a great scene. Yeah. Yeah. So my number seven is X, and mm-hmm. we'll probably be talking about it yes. again. Yes. So you're next up. My number six uh, is a movie that I know you haven't seen, Bones and All, which is the one that I watched. This is the last one that I watched in preparation for this list, and it blew me away. It, it Even after blowing me away while watching it, it still grew on me, which is how it ended up in my top ten at number six. Um, it's like, the best way I can describe it to you, it's like Easy Rider with Cannibals. Um, okay, so tell me that because I'm not a big fan of romantic horror. Well, here's the thing: it's not. It's, I know that Vicious Victor, our buddy Vicious Victor, is a big fan of this, but mm-hmm. I, I just when I was wrapping stuff up yeah. and I saw that okay, I could rent it for twenty bucks, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I wasn't a fan of warm bodies. I'm mm-hmm. not a fan of stuff like that. It's not okay. It's not Titanic. I'll tell you that much. Thank the Lord. <laughs> when you when you say romantic movie, you think kitschy you know they're they're uh you know going to a ball or whatever okay it's more disturbing than that i mean they're eating people together um so it's it's i but is it just a horror version of natural born killers it it is a little bit like a bonnie and clyde natural born killers sort of you know it's a little bit like that but i think it's really about like its main theme is addiction and like the perpetuation of addiction and how if you're born into a family of addiction, you're more likely to both, you know, genetically and financially and socially more likely to be an addict. Mm-hmm. It's about that, really. Just the addiction is it's not to drugs. It's to cannibalism is the idea. So, I, I mean, it does communicate its message in a pretty effective way, I think. And I think I feel like if Shakespeare was alive today, he would have written this movie. He would have written a cannibal road movie? Yeah, because okay. it, it really is. It's like Romeo and Juliet. They're just, you know, cannibals. Yeah. I, I still have argued. I used to teach English mm-hmm. at Shawnee State University. Yeah. I used to t- teach freshman English. I will go to heaven for that, if nothing else. <laughs> um, yeah. Because, goodness sakes, the high schools are not even teaching them to spell. Um, I have always said Shakespeare was misunderstood. Romeo and Juliet is not romantic. It's actually Shakespeare's view of how romance can drive people to do insane things. Mm-hmm. I mean, spoiler alert, they commit suicide right. without knowing that the other is alive. I mean, it, it's and so it's Shakespeare's version of they're dum-dums. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I don't think people get Romeo and Juliet right. Shakespeare had a pretty low view of romance, in my opinion. You know, but anyway. And okay. Shakespeare isn't a uh, high art, high class art, as many people would have you believe. He was the Ty West <clears throat> of his time. I it, feel he, like. he was a popular playwright, not considered high highbrow, right? Yeah. That is correct. Okay. All right. So that's your number six. Six. Okay. So bones and all, I will have to see it. Uh, I'm not going to pay 20 bucks to see it, but I, no, will, I will wait to wait. see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number six is an African movie. Mm, okay. That I saw on Shutter, I had no expect. I knew nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably like an hour and forty-five minutes, and for the first hour and a half, I thought this isn't even a horror movie. Why is this on Shutter? Sure, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a well-made movie, mm-hmm. and then the last fifteen minutes, the horror kicks in. Mm. And some people have criticized it as kind of uh, schlocky, but I, I disagree. And that is Salum. Mm. Yeah, this is another one I didn't get to watch, oh, but I am so, so looking forward to it. 
you have shutter no mm-hmm. excuse it's free yeah it's very very well made it's one of the i was shocked that it wasn't mentioned because it's got like 90 some percent on rotten tomatoes yeah so i was shocked that it didn't get more oscar buzz and so forth for a foreign film mm-hmm. i think it's 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 well acted it's well made saloon I know Greg Buzelli, our buddy Greg Buzelli, is is a fan of this one. Mm-hmm. Check it out on Shutter. Chill out. Don't worry. The horror will arrive. It does play like an action drama for the first hour and a half, and then the horror kicks in. Just wait for it. Saloon, highly recommended. Well, it's kind of the same thing with Bone Tomahawk, isn't it? People are always like, when I recommend Bone Tomahawk, they're like, it's not horror. And like, did you wait? Did you, you see, see the end, the end of it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you so, do have that opening scene in the cemetery. That's true. Yeah. With yeah, with David Arquette mm-hmm. and all that. But uh, but I it, yeah, it does kind of turn into a typical western for another hour. Yeah. But then once they get to the caves, yeah, it's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And Saloon is is not as brutal as Bone Tomahawk, but it does go there, and so mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Well, I'm excited, and I think a reason the reason a lot of people aren't talking about it is because it's not been pushed. I didn't know about it until you told me. Yeah. Um, the only reason I caught it was because I every couple of months during the year, I will look up Rotten Tomatoes top rated horror movies of the year. Mm-hmm. They wait till like April May to release that list, and they update it as they go. And I saw Saloon on there, and I'm like, and I clicked on it, and it said it was playing on Shutter. And so on a lazy Sunday afternoon before football, I turned it on mm-hmm. and watched it and was blown away. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. That's definitely going to be one. You know, I mentioned like Resurrection, Hatching, Piggy, The Innocence. Mm-hmm. That's also there. And I'm going to have to to make a tweet or something or maybe a bonus episode talking about my updates. But um, yeah, so I can't wait to see Saloom. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, I, you know, I usually I go to Trey Whetstone for my foreign horror recommendations. He's but the I, expert. Yep. I've got one sitting right in front of me here with Saloon. So yep. looking forward to it. All right. What's your next one? My number five, it's hard to believe we're halfway through the list already. My number five is one that I know you loved barbarian yes such we'll be talking about that again okay i'll hold off i'll just say it's number five um and it deserves to be there i can't wait to talk to you about it um but this is one that i think we both raved about we saw it independently and uh with zero expectations i'll say that i think we both had zero expectations for it going in and we're just blown away by it so number five is barbarian justin long this year played one of the best d-bags mm-hmm. in film history mm-hmm. actually in two different movies but especially this one yeah but, um the other movie i wasn't a huge fan of but yeah we'll talk about this in a second my number five is another movie that for some reason people don't consider horror but i certainly do mm. and it contains absolutely amazing performances especially from Anya Taylor-Joy mm. and Ray Fiennes and I believe this is his name Nicholas Hout. Holt Holt Nicholas Holt and John Holt. Leguizamo yep mm-hmm. he's good in it as well and of course I'm talking about The Menu yes I love The Menu um, such a great pick um, I'm glad you got to see it because this is a late one for you too yep um, I just think last you- week Mm-hmm. So this is one that, you know, I had seen it. I saw it in theaters. And I'm so glad I did um, because I got to, you know, I, I wasn't just, you know, watching on my computer screen. I was sitting in the theater lounging. Nobody else was there. I had my popcorn. And yeah, the only that, thing you want is a cheeseburger. You want a cheeseburger 
so bad at the end of this. So I'm just going to say my number four is the menu. Yes. It was perfect. Um, you know, sharply written. I think we can both agree on that. It's very snappy with the yep. dialogue. It's just perfect. Great cast. Excellently acted. Really mean-spirited movie, yes. I would say. It's got, it's got some attitude to it. Um, it's kind of like um, a, a this satire. Is, some people consider this a thriller or a satire. I agree. And it is. it, it definitely is satirical at points, but... Mm-hmm. This is a cult movie as well. It is. It definitely is. They may not call themselves that, but the the kitchen crew, they are a cult. I mean, you wouldn't be willing to kill yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I jumped every time. Yeah. That is so well edited. But yeah, Ray Fiennes and Anya Taylor-Joy, fantastic in this. The whole cast is great. Um, yeah, I was especially impressed with John Leguizamo. I liked Violent Night a lot, but he's trying a lot more in the menu than he is in, in Violent <laughs> Night. I mean, I liked him in Violent Night. He was funny, yeah. but... And this, you can tell he's really bringing his A game. So, Yeah. High praise for the menu. It will definitely show up in our horror Oscar shows, yes. especially some of the performances. Yeah. I do want to say this to chime in to what Greg Amorta said when he put this on his list. Mm-hmm. Anya Taylor-Joy, have a real cheeseburger or two or three. Hit five guys. Well, you know um, what they do when they film movies and they're eating food? They have a spit bucket. They'll, uh, t- they'll take a bite and they spit yeah. it because they, they have to take so many takes, you know. But I'll, oh, so gross. I, uh, yeah, it is. And of course, they've got their intern to hold the hold the pail for them, and it's an honor for them. Oh, Mister Fines, yes, I'll hold your your spit bucket. But um, and something I will say, ex- excellent structure, just like Barbarian, which we'll get into later. Excellent yep. structure to the script. I mean, like the acts of the film are structured along with the following courses, the course of the menu, which yeah. is such a clever way to divide up because yep. the, the the courses of the menu follow thematically what's happening in the thing so it's just genius and eventually we get to stuff like tyler's bs you know like that that was such a funny chapter heading just cutting that in oh well just like you know you have the course where the shoe chef commits suicide yeah and his drop cloth where he falls has garnishes around it yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) fantastic amazing yeah. yeah so great great uh pick for your your number five my number four the menu Ugh. Well, my number four is a movie you've already brought up, mm-hmm. and it is easily the most brutal movie I've seen this year. Sure. It is a movie I'll probably never watch again because mm-hmm. unlike Butcher Bill, who teaches young children, yeah. is a sicko. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it's the sadness. Yeah. And I saw this. I could not believe what I was watching. I thought I was watching uh, just a foreign zombie film. It's more mm-hmm. of an infected film. Yeah, it's like a rage virus. It's movie. a rage virus, kind of mm-hmm. like 28 Days Later or whatever. But it is, I mean, all I have to say is this, the eyeball scene. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, I've oh forgotten about gosh. that. Thanks so much for bringing that back uh, into my I know, mind. I'm sorry. I'm glad you've already eaten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, you know, and like you said, I don't know how much rewatch value it has. It kind of continues the... Night of the Living Dead, for its time, was so shocking with its nihilistic ending. Right. This has sort of the same thing, where it's like you're— Oh, it is. Again, we're a spoiler podcast. I mean, the woman we're rooting for the entire time mm-hmm. is shot by the military behind yeah. closed doors. After her end. boyfriend, who has been trying to find her the entire time, gets infected. Yep. So it's just really nihilistic. It just weighs down your soul a lot. But here's the thing. It's kind of impressive how mean the movie is. I mean, there's that scene in the basketball court. Do yep. you remember that? Yep. I could not believe that what I was watching was happening, that this was a real movie. Oh, it's over and over again. Yeah. And especially once they get to the hospital yeah. where it gets really brutal. But mm-hmm. it's just, 
yeah, I can't believe they got away with it, to be honest. The but babies. Oh, I, I, I cannot deny that it's a well-made movie, that it sticks with you. Mm-hmm. So it had to be on my list. Yeah. But I don't ever want to see it again. I don't need to see this again. Yeah. It's pretty rough. Yeah, it's, it's rough. Definitely rough. It is rough. So that's my number four, mm-hmm. The Sadness. Well, my number three is one that we've already talked about. Uh, we can maybe elaborate on it more. It's X. Um, yes. By Ty West. I mean, the slasher's back, right? I mean, like, people have, people rave about Mia Goth in Pearl, but I don't think she gets enough credit for X because she has dual roles in this movie. Yeah, and she, I didn't know that at first. Because she's so disguised yeah. as Pearl. As, I, it wasn't until after I watched the movie that I realized she was playing dual roles. Yeah, she's an amazing actress, and I prefer her performance in Pearl to X, but she is great in this. It is a great movie. I know mm-hmm. Brian's going to be upset with me that his number one movie of the year was, you know, down my list mm-hmm. a little bit. But I, I still think it is a great movie. I mm-hmm. love the way it looks. There's some great stuff that happens that really shocked me. There yeah. were some things that I saw coming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so... You know that, I mean, like Chekhov's gun, the alligator is going to, or crocodile, whatever, that's going to come into play. You know that's coming. Um, You know that once the director is outside and runs into Pearl, you know what's going to happen there. Mm -hmm. But, like, the shotgun scene, didn't see that coming. That came out of nowhere. And so, I... um, you knew Howard was going to have a heart attack. You knew, I mean, those things are telegraphed, but there are others that aren't. And the look of this movie, they get so right. Mm-hmm. And the performances from Soup to Nuts are all good. Yeah. They're all really good. And so, yeah, I I take my hat off to Ty West. I've always been a fan. House of the Devil, is. A, I'm a huge fan of that movie. Mm-hmm. And um, kudos, my man. Ty West yeah. pulled it off this year. And we talk about the fact that it, it seems like a slasher. You know, it's, it, it has those period elements. But... Something you don't even think about is the VFX in it. I mean, uh, Mia Goth plays Pearl and Maxine, like we said, and they're interacting. They're fighting and handing each other yeah. lemonade and touching each other. That's her interacting with her. And we're getting Maxine this year. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see how the trilogy will... Yeah. I think we're both um, cautiously optimistic for Maxine. Well, it's going to be an 80s slasher. Yeah. And so, you know, I, uh, I'm... I'm hopeful because you're right slashers are back we're getting another scream movie this year sick is coming out sick from kevin williamson is coming out the creator Mm -hmm. of scream so yeah we're getting slashers again and after halloween ends thank god that it didn't end that way (laughs) so i thought that was going to kill the slasher so well we're going to get hate mail now uh but uh uh just from Nathan Bartleball. Anyway, uh, <laughs> nobody else likes Halloween ends. Um, all right. Jamie Lee does. Haddonfield Hatchet does, but, you know, Jamie, we love Jamie him, Lee but. Curtis says that in 10 years we will appreciate the David Gordon Green Halloween movies. I don't know. Um, she's don't know wrong. <laughs> she is wrong. Um, no, we, we don't need Corey ends. Um, <laughs> terrible. My number three, mm-hmm. perfect segue, is Pearl. All right. So, Pearl, I was really surprised by, you know, you're an aspiring filmmaker. Tonally, it's really different. I mean, it looks, it doesn't look like he goes from 70s grindhouse to almost looking like the Wizard of Oz yeah. with Pearl. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very different. 
shot on basically the same location mm-hmm. in New Zealand and um, or Australia. I can't remember which, but it looks amazing. Mia Goth, you know, she's got a dialogue in this that is Oscar worthy. She's not going to get an Oscar nomination, which is we can rack that up to them cheating Lupita Nyong'o for us, them cheating Tony Collette for Hereditary, mm-hmm. and they're going to cheat Mia Goth for Pearl. She's incredible in this. I would be surprised if... I don't know how it did at the Golden Globes, but come on, Ray Fiennes in the menu, that was a fantastic performance. Yep. Not even that, but yeah, I don't no, know. No, he does a stinker like the English patient and they repraise on him, Yeah, but he does a better performance in the menu. And like, so yeah, you, but that has blood and guts in it. So you're no. with Elaine on your thoughts on the English patient. English patient is boring. <laughs> um, it's a beautiful looking movie, but it's boring. Um, yeah. No, but Pearl is beautiful looking and it's another slow burn. I mean, but... Man, when you get to the end, the pitchfork, the, oh, this is, you know, if I knew anything about this woman, I would run the other way as fast as I could. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, this is a sociopath. And so Pearl looks brilliant. It looks beautiful. You know, I think it was last time when I rated it a 9 out of 10 for me. Wow. It's, I, you know, I bought it. I bought it digitally, unfortunately, because the Blu-ray company short-shifted everybody. Um, but some people got it, some didn't, but Pearl, oh, amazing. And for Ty West to do, and by the way, Ty West basically wrote this movie on the set of X mm-hmm. with Mia Goth. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was so surprised by that. They shot these back to back and the the location is so cleaned up and Pearl, it's incredible what they did mm-hmm. with the, the location work. Um, but yeah, just, just incredible that they shot this back to back with Mia Goth putting creative input into it, which I was so happy to hear. Which it makes sense because it's a character study. Yeah. I mean, she is Pearl, right? There's no Pearl without her. Right. So, I mean, she, she must have so much insight into the character, but, um, yeah, just incredible. I mean, it didn't, I'm going to go ahead and say Pearl didn't make my list. Um, I do uh. like it a lot. Um, but I just liked X more. It, it has a different feel to it. They're different. They're very different movies. I'm impressed with how it, it handled being a prequel. It didn't, it wasn't what I feared it would be. Um, but it's definitely a different feel. And I think X is just more the subgenre that I like, you know, it's less, Pearl is less of a slasher, more of a character study, which I like, but I mean, the way that it X goes is, slasher, it does go slasher. I, I mean, mean, that last scene when Howard comes home, which we debated, is that Howard? Is that because we don't really right. tell, we think it's Howard. Howard comes home, and she's got the bodies at the table. I mean, whoa. Well, even the—I mean, we talked about the landslide uh, split-screen thing from the first movie, but then in Pearl, we have the split-screen of her making dinner and then chopping up her stepsister, yeah. which is so brutal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so the slasher uh. elements do come, but it's a, it's a slow burn. It's like it's like Friday the 13th. It's a slow burn. It's, you uh. know, it takes a while to get there. I love it. I absolutely love it. So what is your— Number two. Is it, we got to number two, I believe? Yes. Okay. My number two is one that might surprise you. It's Hellraiser 2022. Really? Hellraiser, I absolutely love the direction they took this in. I mean, okay. I'm going to get flack. Okay. I'm going to get flack for this. At this point in my life. No, I think it was pretty well liked. Go ahead. Well, here, I haven't finished my statement. Okay. <laughs> At this point in my life, I think this is my favorite movie in the Hellraiser franchise. More than the original? More than 87. I, okay, yeah, you're going to get flack for that. <laughs> I love this movie. Listen, wow. we care about the protagonist. We aren't just rooting for them to be ripped apart by the Cenobites. But when they are, you know, I'm not, I'm not complaining. Because you know, it's, it's, those are awesome creative sequences. 
But, uh, yeah, just I love the Cenobite designs. I love the fact that the Cenobites aren't even the bad guys, right? They're just there. The bad guy is this, you know, it's kind of like how Frank was in the first movie. The bad guy is this guy with a clock thing in his chest. He's got that weird, it's pulling on his organs and his nerves and stuff. I love that. And I love the location work and the cast is just fantastic. And my favorite sequence. And once again, shot in Romania. Is it really shot in Romania? That's that's awesome. But, yeah, that scene in the van where she's been stabbed by the puzzle box and she's slowly slipping into the Cenobite dimension. The van's getting bigger and bigger, turning into a hallway, and it's getting, like, hellish outside. So great how they communicated that. They did not have the uh, key grips in the shots running the monster down, so they do have that. There is that, yeah. I I liked Hellraiser 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to fault you for it. I think I gave it six out of ten. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I had problems with it. Sure. Um, I, I agree with everything you said. One of my problems was, and this is going to sound like a nitpick, a lot of people have praised this. I didn't care for it. I did not think the Cenobites looked good. Mm. I thought that Pinhead Jamie Clayton, who's doing a great job, mm-hmm. I thought her costume looked plastic. Mm-hmm. It looked like she got it Spirit of Halloween, yeah. um, like her body armor and stuff. I just thought it looked plastic. I didn't think it looked good. Um, and so, but other than that, and there were, you could kind of see where some things were going. And so it kind of, I think it telegraphs its punches in places. I don't think the twist is that much of a huge surprise. Mm-hmm. All that being said, it is a good movie. It didn't make my list, mm-hmm. but I did enjoy it. I'm just, I, I... Love the way the Cenobites look. And, you know, you're always going to miss Doug Bradley, right? I mean, without him. Oh, he's always going to be the pinhead. Yeah. But he gave it his full blessing, and I'm, I know he loved the movie, so that's great. And I just love it. I love the the. Well, it was good it. they had Clive Barker involved again, which yeah, was great. exactly. So, And that makes me hopeful. I know that they're, they're, they're talking more and more about doing more Clive Barker stuff, adapting that. Yep. The same, you know, how Joe well, Hill. Well, that's because Steve King, Stephen King and Joe Hill have had such a ride over his last yeah. five years, so now they're looking at Clive. Yeah, um, and I'm looking forward to that. I mean, there's so much good stuff. I know you love the Midnight Meat Train, but he and Candyman, obviously, oh, but yeah. he's got so much good stuff for you to adapt. So I'm looking forward to that. And Lord I, of I, Illusions. I want to overlook Lord of Illusions. Yeah, great flick. I'm. I, I think they're doing a, a series, right? A limited series, a Clive Barker. Um, well, they've been they've done one before, so yeah. They, but the last one they did, they did try to do a Books of Blood series. It mm-hmm. wasn't that good, unfortunately. Mm. So okay. Yeah. Well, I'm just I'm looking forward to a, a sequel to this. I think they could do a lot of cool stuff. Do it like the like the Prey franchises now, right? I mean, set. I mean, the, the Cenobites encounter different people and in interesting locations. Yeah, that could be the way to go with it. But I love this one. It, that's why it's at number two. And uh, I'm excited to see what your number two is. My number two is a movie you've already brought up. It's Barbarian. Yes. I'm so excited to finally talk about this one. And Barbarian, a film that, and we have seen this mm-hmm. again and again, um, it, you alerted me this. I didn't know anything about the guy's work. Mm-hmm. Zach Kreger, his mm-hmm. background is what? Sketch comedy. Yes. Like he was Jordan in, Peele. He was in Whitest Kids You Know, uh, just like how Jordan Peele was in uh, Key and Peele. Something about... Jordan Peele's also in Mad TV. Yeah. 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 Something about sketch comedians. They know the timing of comedy. And that's... I mean, if you just t- change it from a joke to a scare, it works the same way. The, 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 and you already brought up, Barbarian is so well-timed. It's really well-paced. So well-paced. And there is comedy in it. Um, I would say, you know, it's, it's more comedic at points than, say, Us or Nope is. Um, but... 
I mean, just... But the horror is there. I just mean, amazing. And yeah. how, how creepy is Richard Brake oh, as the father? I mean, I think this is up there with Doomhead yeah. from 31. It's I mean, he is so good in this. And uh, just like he doesn't even... He barely talks in it. But he's just that glare he's yeah. got. Where it's kind of like... <laughs> there you go, the puppies. Clark. Yep. Clark and Bacall. Yep. But just fantastic. And, I mean, the second act pivot led to one of the greatest theater experiences of my life in Barbarian, where we get that cut, and everybody in the room, in the entire th- in the theater, in unison, you know, they didn't exactly say this, but the sentiment was, what? You know, yeah. what is happening right now? That was the general consensus. Just a, a really weird second act pivot, but it works. And when you see how that ties in, yeah. when he works his way back to that house, you're like, oh no, you know, you Ugh. see it all heading together. It's really dark. I mean, they so don't dark. they don't show a lot of what's going on in the past. They, they show Richard Brake going to a house. They mm-hmm. show, But they don't show the really the follow-up. They just kind of give you hints. Yeah. But thinking about it is horrific. All we need are the titles of those VHS tapes. Ugh. I mean, when you look at those, puker Ugh. and stuff yeah. like that, just gross. Ugh. One said mom with baby. Ugh. So just really, really gross stuff. If you've seen the movie, you know what we're talking about. But just, yeah, it's really disturbing. But the fact that Zach Kreger is uh, behind the, the director's chair and we have Justin Long on the cast who's actually trying, you know, in this movie. It seems like he really yeah. cared about this project. I think it's just a great film. Just so, so well structured. And I'm, you know, just like Jordan Peele, we could have a new, you know, comedy to horror pipeline I, I master. Hope so. We have so many of that come in and do this and then move on to something else. Sure. I mean, Nia DaCosta is doing Marvel movies, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. But uh, I love Barbarian, you know, and the whole cast mm-hmm. is so. And, and yeah, the, you talked about the shift. Mm-hmm. You think this is because I went in knowing nothing about this movie. Yeah, me neither. And so when we first meet Georgina Campbell and Bill Skarsgård, mm-hmm. you think this is going one way. Yeah, I thought that'd be the whole movie. Yeah, and then boom, it goes in. Out of nowhere, Mm -hmm. you get a radical shift, and it is fantastic. So, yeah, yeah. my number two is Barbarian. Yeah, I can't argue with that. It's number five for me. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah, I'm hoping. I don't know if Zach Kreger would go MCU after having Mama in this movie. Yeah, when they dangle those checks. That's true. I mean, would they, though? I mean, going from... I don't know. They did for Nia DaCosta, so... Going from Mama's saggy nipple, I don't know if you can go to that to Thanos. I don't know. We shall see. Do we you wanna, shall see. Do you want to talk about some honorable mentions let's before we get to number one? Let's talk about some honorable mentions. Let's, let's hear some of yours. Well, I mean, big <clears throat> one. Like I said, Pearl, that's a big one. Uh, I really did enjoy it. That would be my number 11, I would say. Um, so I love that one. Smile is another one, which Smile. I I had low expectations going into that, but I was actually pleasantly surprised by it a lot. It was a lot more artful than I thought it would be. Yep. And a great uh, a great performance from Kevin Bacon's daughter. I'm gonna look up what her name is now. Sosie Bacon. She mm-hmm. was fantastic in it. So Smile was on there. Black Phone is one you mentioned. That's yep. definitely in my honorable mentions. And Fresh, like I said, that came out so early this year, I forgot it even came out in 2022. And I just haven't seen it. I need to rectify that. Yeah. Uh, and then my final one, I would say Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Which yeah. Is one we both liked. I think I liked it more than you. Yeah, you're yeah. you're a uh, Pete, Pete uh, Davidson hater. Davidson yes. hater. <laughs> Um, I'm not so uh, so down on him as you are. The least funniest person ever on SNL. Okay. 
Well, um, so that those are my honorable mentions. I've got those five there, and like I said, you know that they that list might grow as I watch more and more twenty twenty two movies. Well, let me throw out just a few that you did mention before we get to our number ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christmas, bloody Christmas. Yeah, that's one I have. I've heard very little about. I haven't seen a lot of people t- talking about it. But it well, and you me. like? I mean, the filmmaker did Bliss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and VFW. Mm. So you like his stuff. Yeah. So this is a, I'm, I'm assuming it's got neon and fog in it. It does. And, okay. Yeah. It does. It is, a lot of people find uh, the protagonist uh, annoying. Mm-hmm. I've known people like her, so it, it wasn't, it didn't bother me as much. That's how it was with Bliss, too, with the yeah. main character. You know, she's talking like she's in a Tarantino movie, but nobody else around her is like that. Yeah. But, yeah, so I that's definitely one I'm going to have to add to my list. Yeah, Christmas, Bloody Christmas was fun. I wouldn't say it's a great movie. I know it's Brian Scott's number two of the year. Hmm. But I, I did think it was fun. The well, he, Kurt, he so, loves his Christmas horror, so. He does. He's a Christmas movie guy. Um, the werewolf movie, The Cursed. Mm, yeah. I, I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't quite make my list, but I did really like it. Um, one that you wanted to see, I don't know if you've seen it, Deadstream. I did not get to see Deadstream. That's another big omission. I've heard a lot of great things about it. Um, you it's know, fun. I'm not the biggest. I'm assuming it's found footage. It's found footage. I'm not the biggest found footage fan, but I'm hearing a lot of people say it's got the spirit of Evil Dead. Um, so I'll definitely have to check that out. Think of if Jack Black was a YouTube influencer. Well, and then he, you know, but then he fell from grace and had to try to sure. revive so it's like a Logan Paul type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see. Well, Jack Black was a YouTuber for a time, which was really funny. But yeah, so I definitely have to check that out. Deadstream is one I heard a lot of people raving about. Uh, one you mentioned you didn't get to see The Innocence. Yes, that's on people's top ten lists, and I did not get it, to see it. It so just fell out of my top ten last week. Yeah. It wow. was there for a long time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that one is a good one. Um, the first two-thirds of Men. Yeah. The the finale goes on way too long. It's a little gratuitous. Yeah, and, and it kind of fell apart. I agree with you on Smile. Sissy was another one I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, one I thought was fun. I'm not saying it's a great movie, and I think it was too long, mm-hmm. but Terrifier 2. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm lower on this movie than you are i'm a little bit of a downer on it or i appreciate you know some of the stuff about it it was too long you didn't like terrifier one very much either no it is an improvement it is a slight improvement i mean but we got magic sword angel wings Uh, that was weird yeah so it's it's a little odd i think i would have liked it more if i watched it with you and and ryan horror fan ryan and theaters Mm -hmm. but it is weird that her dad made her that i know i know right it's it's kind of yeah oh yeah that's weird um, yeah, it didn't make my top 10, obviously, but I did I did enjoy it. Um, but there were a lot of them. I loved Scream. I liked it more than you. Uh, I think you liked Texas Chainsaw Massacre a little more than I did, though mm-hmm. I did like it. I think it had some great scenes. The bus scene is amazing. Yeah. And there's some other scenes that I really, really um, liked. So, And, you know, there are others that I thought were good, like Kicking Blood and, hmm. and My Best Friend's uh, Exorcism and Orphan First Kill. I was shocked by how good or- Orphan First Kill was. I liked Orphan First Kill. Because yeah. I did not know how they were going to do a prequel to that, and they pulled yeah. it off. A little bit. You can tell she's older. It doesn't quite work, um, but, I mean, you forget <clears throat> about it. I mean, if you don't watch Orphan 1 right, right before, yeah. it's fine. But, yeah, the, the way they went with that, it's got an interesting concept to it. It's not as straight ahead as you might think it is. There is a reveal. No, uh-uh. no. So, yeah. 
All right. Well, what is your number one of the year? I am so excited. I think this is going to be anticlimactic, though, because I feel like everybody knows at this point in the episode, since we haven't mentioned it in our top 10 list or honorable <laughs> mentions, I think everybody knows that it's Jordan Peele's Nope. Yes! His third feature film. I loved it. Watched it twice the same weekend in theaters. It's, <sighs> listen, it's a blend of the best parts from Close Encounter, Signs, and Jurassic Park. It's like a perfect blend of those movies. <sighs> it, starts out, it starts out M. Night Shyamalan, ends Amblin, and it's just Man. great all the way through. Yeah, and I'm. Ex- I don't think I need to talk much more about it because you my still have number to one is Jordan Peele's Nope. Yes. I, I believe Jordan Peele is a genius, mm-hmm. absolute genius, a true horror fan. Yeah, Bill Van Vagel, this is horror. Mm-hmm. You are incorrect. It is a horror film. Yeah, and in fact, uh, Jordan Peele has stated in interviews he set out to make a sci-fi horror film. And and he did, and it's it's a flying sarlacc pit. Yeah. Well, let me put it this way: Do you consider Jaws a horror movie? Yes. Right. I mean, it's a se- it's Jaws. It's Jaws in the sky. Oh. So yeah. It's so some of those scenes where the people are being digested are mm-hmm. so creepy, and the Stephen Yoon character and the monkey attack. Oh my I mean, goodness. The chimpanzee attack. Oh my god. The characters are so well fleshed out in this movie. I mean, little Jupe, that's Stephen, yep. that's Stephen Yoon's character within a character, <clears throat> you know, the cowboy. Stephen Yoon is so good in this movie. He's like my favorite character oh. because he's got so much behind his character. So much like motivation, everything. Him and Daniel Kaluuya. Just so good. Um, just so really the whole cast. I mean, the, the, oh, the cast is amazing. I mean, you look yeah. at, you know, even though I'm not as huge a fan of Kiki Palmer, she's I, well think directed. She's, I think she's good. I don't mm-hmm. think she's great, but I think she's good. Mm-hmm. She's no, you know, she, he's had stronger actresses in his former movies. It's hard to kind of compare to Lupita Nyong'o, who's just amazing. Uh, but yeah, Daniel Kaluuya does a, a very understated but really solid it's job. It's different than Chris from Get Out. It's yes. a lot different. Stephen Yoon, though, is amazing. He's so good. And Michael Wincott as the cinematographer. Yes, the, with the voice of oh, gold. <laughs> the flying purple people eater. I mean, He's come a long way since The Crow, I oh, would say, and man. hairstyles and everything. He is great in this. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's it, and it has. We talked about this. It has so much to say. It's yeah. there's so much going on here, and what I love is that Jordan Peele, he puts so much attention into his screenplays mm-hmm. and into his production design. There's so many Easter eggs. There's so many hints to the themes he's wanting to bring out, yep. and he's always hitting on deep themes. You know, we talked about empty spectacle, you know, the, the, uh, how we crave fame, even if it kills us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, the, the whole thing about the upside down shoe that people mm-hmm. obsessed over when the answer was really simple. That's how Stephen Jung sees it because mm-hmm. that's how it's, how it's hanging in his library that he rents out to people to stay in mm-hmm. to, a shrine to a chimpanzee attack that yeah. killed people. Yeah. I mean, wow. There's, there's that. There's how different people deal with trauma differently. Yep. There's nature versus man and how yep. we, the hubris of man where we think we can control nature. There's so much in there to to dissect. I think it's his most dense movie. Oh. Now, it might not be as rewatchable as Get Out. It might not have as overt horror elements as us. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's like a it's a really promising look at what Peel can do as his budgets get incrementally bigger. 
Just, yeah. They're getting gradually bigger and bigger, and he's just and People forget that he shot Get Out for $3 million. Yeah, and he does a lot with it, so it's it's hard to forget. Yeah. I mean, there's a stat cast and everything. Yep. It's it's easy to to, to forget that, um, that, yeah, this is like, like four times the budget, but... You know, he does so much with it. He's utilizing it all. He's not just... He does use spectacle in this movie to good effect. I mean, he's making a point. He's a masterful direct writer and director. Mm-hmm. I think he's the best one working today. Dave Dr. Shock Becker has said, if you want backup for me, that he is the new Hitchcock. Yeah. I mean, it. it oh, man. I, I mean, just... I, th- I think what we're seeing is the Spielberg thing. I mean, look, he did Jaws, which is kind of more small scale, and then Close Encounters, you know yep. what I mean? Which is how I see the get out to, to Nope evolution. Um, so, yeah, I'm just oh, so fantastic. excited for his fourth feature. I think, you know, I I love The Northman, and The Northman is, honestly, it's looking like it's going to be my favorite movie of the year. But as far as— I couldn't get over the naked guys fighting on the yeah, volcano. Okay, I could have done yeah, without yeah. that. But other than that, yeah, it's a great movie. But out of these three new horror masters, right, we have, we have Peel, we have Eggers, we have Aster, who— I haven't seen the trailer for Bo is Not Afraid, but I think Bo is Not Afraid is a big downgrade from Disappointment Boulevard. Anyways, um, I've, yeah, I've stated my case about that on the Patreon. We'll, we'll see what happens, but Robert Edgar going back to horror with his Nosferatu. Which I'm so excited. Yeah, reboot, so excited I mean, a remake, and so, and we'll see what Jordan Peele does. Um, I can't wait, but I hope he stays in horror. He And the other thing is, unlike a lot of people, Jordan Peele is an authentic horror fan. Right. Yeah. And here's my thing. You know, like I said, The Northman is my favorite. But as far as, like, diversity goes and variety goes, Peele is, like, he's done something interesting conceptually which he, with each one of the things. It's yeah. crazy how different they all are while still remaining in that genre. Yep. It's incredible. And they're different subgenres even. I mean, Get Out is is kind of this this slow re- revealed thriller kind of social thing and then Us is just straight up horror. And then now with Nope it's like sci-fi action horror. So yeah. he's just he's really playing with a bunch of different genre elements, but I'm so excited for his for his fourth feature whatever that may be. Um, and yeah, so Nope is my number one horror film of the year. Ah, uh, me too. To I the surprise it. of no one. Loved it, loved it, loved it. So before we wrap up here, mm-hmm. there's going to be an announcement here in a second. Stay tuned for that. But um, any other movies? You love The Northman. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Top Gun Maverick? I I had fun with Top Gun Maverick. Uh, I don't think it's a great movie per se. Really? But I, I had a lot of fun with it, yeah. Okay. I thought it was a great movie. I thought it was incredibly well. I think it's actually better than the original Top Gun. Well, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I was a huge Top Gun fan. And then on rewatch, I was like... Story's a little weak. It's a little... Yeah. I mean, we know what it's all... It's all about the jets. It's all about the jet footage. And Tom Cruise is actually up there in a plane. You know what I mean? And that's how the new one is, too. I mean, the stuff with Jennifer Connelly is not nearly as interesting as him flying this this mission. I love Jennifer Connelly. Sure. (laughs) But um, yeah, okay. It looks like Jennifer Connelly for a long time. It looks like Maverick is number nineteen out of forty-eight new releases. It looks like Ah, it's it's planted there. What is it? So the Northman is your favorite non-horror movie. Northman is my favorite, and then Nope is number two out of all of them. Okay. So um, that's that one's high for me. Glass Onion is top ten, like you said. It was fun. Lots of good. I mean, okay. Here's what I'm going to ask you about. You asked me about this earlier. The Monsters. Have you seen? I know you. You maybe started it at least in color. I've seen the Monsters. What'd you think? Let me put it this way. I was watching it. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
we're in my wife's office slash podcast recording booth that she's building. Mm-hmm. It's still in process, so the sound's going to become better, but it's it's in process. But um, she came down and watched like two minutes of it with me, and she looked up and she goes, you know, this is dumb, right? Yeah. <laughs> it is dumb. Yeah. 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 And it's kind of bad, but here's the thing I'm going to want you guys to do. Yeah. I'm going to want you to pull up the monsters on Netflix, and I'm going to want you to turn... Go to your accessibility settings, turn your monitor to black and white. Instantly, it gains a point out of 10. Okay. Just immediately, it looks so much better. I know that's how Rob Zombie wanted to release it. I don't know why they didn't let him have that be an option. You can even have it on color as a default. But let there be a black and white version because it looks so much better. And you can stomach the cringe moment so much better when it looks great. Yeah. So you can actually get to the good stuff. Because there there are some good jokes in there. I mean, a lot of that comes down to Richard Brake improving, Mm -hmm. which is he's really good at coming up with creepy comedic improv but yeah it's just it's friends having fun in their backyard is what it feels like so let me ask you this before mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. wrap up and and you know i make this announcement and so forth yeah um did you have a bigger biggest disappointment of the year yeah and you're not gonna like it i mean obviously there's halloween ends but yep. scream five scream five was disappointing to me how double dare you I I think it's a huge step down from Scream 4. It's not even close to Scream 1. Uh, I just think it's really just been going downhill since the first one, and uh, I was disappointed by it. I mean, You're going to tell have... me Scream 5 yeah. is a worse movie than Halloween Ends? I'm going to say that. Uh, I'm going to say that. I love the cast. Megan, I love... bring me my will. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jack Quaid. Uh, I love the cast. I love the the cameo by the Dead Meat YouTube channel, but I'm just I. It's, I like Scream. I thought it was good. I'm gonna I, say something, and you're gonna hate it. Yeah. Are you ready for this? Yeah. It's my worst movie of the year. What? Right now. Yep. Below Black Adam and the Minions movie is Scream. You 5. haven't seen the remake of Firestarter yet. That's um, true. There's always room. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, Firestar was 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 terrible. On first watch, I actually thought it was okay. Then I rewatched, and I was like, "Oh no, this is terrible." Yeah. Uh, House of Darkness, the monsters, shapeless, they them, uh, Hocus Pocus two. Oh, those were terrible. Um, and Here's of one. Of course, Halloween ends. No, Halloween ends was the biggest disappointment, and sure. and not because it's not a well made movie. Technically, there are good kills in it, but the problem is, as our friend Nathan agreed. It's even Nathan agreed, and Nathan Bartaball, he liked the movie, but even he admitted Mm -hmm. it's not the tone you want to end the trilogy. Yeah. It feels not thought out, right? I mean, this isn't a, this is not a Lord of the Rings trilogy thing where they meticulously planned everything in pre-pro before they even started filming No, you can tell, and Joel, Gilman Joel said this, you can tell they did not have this planned out. Yeah. I think they did what they did with the, the new Star Wars trilogy where they came up with cool ideas for movies and didn't think how they would relate to the other ones. And then by the time they got to the last one, to the... Get to Rise of Skywalker and it falls apart. Then J.J. Abrams is like, I don't know what to do. I'll just yeah. put a bunch of stuff in here. You know. Yeah, they didn't know how to end this. It, it didn't end well. They should have ended it with the tone of Halloween Kills, that tone. Yeah. Here's That's what how they should have ended it. I've heard people say that it's a very watchable and even at points good movie. It's just not a good Halloween movie. It's not a good Halloween movie. So. All right. So 
What are you looking forward to in 2023? There is so much to look forward to. Obviously, uh, like I said, we've got Bo, which I could go either way. Bo is not afraid. Um, But, I mean, we've got Maxine possibly coming out next year. That one's in flux. Um, But Renfield, I'm really looking forward to. We talked about the menu. And then Nicholas Holt with Nicholas Cage as Dracula and Nicholas Holt as as Renfield. I hope Nick Cage goes all Nick Cage for I'm sure he's he's got to. He's got you've seen his makeup, right? Yeah. Evil Dead Rise. Evil Dead Rise. Obviously looking forward to that. Um we've Sam Raimi involved. Yes, which is I'm I'm excited about that. But and here's the thing. What's where are you at right now on Knock at the Cabin, the new M Night movie? Are you excited? (sighs) I am cautiously optimistic. Yeah. We'll see. I Listen, the original teaser trailer, I was excited. I've only seen the teaser trailer. I've gone down on it a little bit since okay. watching the full trailer. But here's the thing. Megan's out now, and I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet either. Yet. So that's getting surprisingly good reviews. But it's going to be, for me, what I look forward to. When I look at the next year, I'm like, okay, there's not... There's not as many movies that I thought. I mean, we've got Scream 6 coming. I'm looking forward to that. Scream mm-hmm. in New York. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I think that this is going to be the year that there are going to be movies pop up that we didn't see coming, mm-hmm. probably in the fall on Netflix and Shudder and Paramount Plus and so forth. That we're yeah. like, where did this come from? A sadness, a, you sure. know, movies like that. They're just going to come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, Skinamarink is getting buzzed. That's coming out tomorrow on Shudder. Uh, looking forward to Infinity Pool. That's Brandon Cronenberg's new movie. I, you know, honestly, I think he might outdo his dad with. Uh, and you didn't Crimes mention of the Crimes of the Future. Yeah, that's a little out of my honorable mentions. It's not in my huge disappointments, but it's it's like a six out of ten. We talked about that yeah, in our bonus episode. It was a six episode. out of ten for me as well. Yeah, I just I just didn't think it said anything new when I sure. And I like the performances in it. Other than that, I didn't care for it too much. I, th- but. I think Brandon can outdo his dad. Yeah. I think it's possible. But if he puts some likable characters in his movies, that might help. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> unlike Possessor, but yeah, um, we've got oh Cuckoo. I haven't heard of that. That I haven't heard of that. Uh, a new Exorcist movie. Mm. Yeah, by David Gordon Green. Um, a new Saul movie. Saul Ten is coming out. Yeah, I can I can do without that for a while. Yeah, but oh, here's the thing. Uh, we had the menu. We we're talking about the menu, which was written by the people who made Succession. Now, Run Rabbit Run stars Sarah Snook from Succession. So yeah, okay. that'll be interesting. But All yeah, right. so there is stuff to look forward to. There's no way of knowing if this will be good or bad. There's a Salem's Lot adaptation coming out. That might be a TV movie. I don't know, but I don't think so. It's a it's a feature. It's a, I think so, and I know that Brian Fuller is also doing a remake of Christine. Uh, yeah, that'll, that'd be cool. Brian Fuller, who did such an amazing job with the TV show Hannibal, mm-hmm. just an incredible job. And by the way, I will I will humble brag here. Mm-hmm. It's not even humble. I'll just brag. <laughs> um, about two years ago, mm-hmm. when the Friday the Thirteenth debacle looked like it was finally being resolved, the lawsuit yeah. between the screenwriter Victor Miller and the director producer Sean Cunningham. I tweeted, I said, what I want, if they can figure this all out, because Friday 13th movies are all over the place. We've talked about trying to make sense of the continuity and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I said, they need a single showrunner. They need a single person overseeing this Mm -hmm. that makes sure there's continuity. Mm -hmm. It needs to be a fan of the franchise. Mm -hmm. I said, I want Brian Fuller 
to take over the Friday 13th franchise and do like a Netflix series with it. Mm-hmm. And he tweeted back to me, uh, I would like that. Mm-hmm. And then a year later, it was announced, instead of Netflix, Peacock, Brian <laughs> Fuller is doing Crystal Lake. Are you patting yourself on the back? I am one? patting myself on the back. So, <laughs> so hey, but there's stuff writing on that. If it's bad, the horror community could come after you. Like, oh, no, you've jeopardized the franchise. But, hey, if it's good, you can take credit for I'll that. I'll just go back and edit this out. Um, yeah. <laughs> prove it. Um, so we've got all that happening. One know. more. One more I will yep. say. I'm looking at this right now. There's something wrong with the children. It says a couple joins their friends and their friend's kids on a weekend trip only to notice the children begin acting strange. That sounds like a mom and dad, like, yeah. role-swapped thing, where it's like instead of the mom and dad attacking the kids, it's the kids attacking the parents. So, or who can who can kill a child or yeah. like a 70s movie or Could something like that. Could be interesting, but, though, depending on the... Uh, the well, I'm looking forward to it. I think we had a good 2022. I'm always happy with a Jordan Peele yeah. movie. Nope is actually my third favorite movie of his. I, I still mm-hmm. think it's Get Out, Us, and Nope. But well, that just speaks to how Get Out and Us are both tens. Exactly. So I and mean, Get Out's in your top ten of all time. Yes, it's in my top ten of all time, and yeah. I think he's a genius. So I thought we had a great, great year. I've still got a few movies to watch. I do need to watch Fresh. Mm-hmm. I do need to watch Bones and All. I mm-hmm. do need to clean that up because I haven't had time yet. But I will try to make time to do that. But I think it's been a great year, and yep. we appreciate you all listening this year. We've had fewer episodes this year because Jackson's in school, and I'm in school, and I got a full time job, and he's got a band, and all that kind of stuff. But we're trying to put out more episodes. But speaking of podcasts, um, all of you who listen to this are familiar with horror movie podcast. Most of you are from are aware that horror movie podcast has dropped off in the last year. In fact, I think there's only been one or two episodes in the last year or year and a half. Yeah. Well, folks, Horror Movie Podcast, this is the announcement, will live because I bought it. And I bought it with the full blessing of Jay of the Dead, uh, the Podfather, as I call him, (laughs) and Dave Dr. Shock Becker and Gilman Joel gave me the blessing to take it. Horror Movie Podcast will live um, and it will go on and we will hear more news about that as the year goes. But my goal is be patient sometime either by the end of this month january of 2023 or in february of 2023 h&p will be back and we will have new episodes coming to you every two weeks uh, with some new guest hosts and so forth so that all stuff is coming but in the meantime uh, we rely on our patreon supporters for this podcast you can become one go over to patreon.com search for father and son watch horror and you can find it there all the proceeds go to helping jackson through film school and so you can join for as little as two dollars and fifty cents a month and you can suggest titles you can listen to bonus episodes and you can vote in our horror oscars which is coming up soon we'll be yes. putting the nominees together soon so excited so you can do that so until then, Jackson, uh, where can they find you online? Well, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Kane underscore Hero 12. That's K-A-I-N-E underscore Hero 12. Yeah, you can find my Letterboxd and YouTube through there. Yeah, also, definitely check out the Patreon. Not only are we going to do our horror Oscars, I'm starting a Cronenberg filmography watch-through, as wow. suggested by Trey. Um, and we're just going to have to see where Crimes of the Future ends up in the total watch list. Um, but yeah, so super excited to, to start doing that. I'm going to be doing video reviews along with occasional bonus pods because like, we're going to have to see stuff like Megan and thick anyways, why not review them? You know, I will. Yep. We'll be doing bonus episodes with Cronenberg. I would just say, 
I agree with Joe Dante. The Dead Zone is his most underrated movie. That's so true. Yeah. One, one of Christ, Christopher Walken's best roles. Yep. So you can find me, folks, at Pastor Matt R on Twitter and Letterboxd. And you can find more of us at fatherandsonwatchhorror.com and at fathersonhorror on Twitter. And we have a closed Facebook group. Just let me know who you are. I've had all kinds of requests, but I don't grant them unless you let me know that you're a listener because we don't want bots and spam and stuff like that on the closed Facebook group. So with that being said, uh, thanks for listening and say goodbye to the good people. Hey, goodbye. And remember to let me know what 10 out of 10 gems I missed this year. And here's a, here's my official recommendation. Okay. You've got to listen to LOTC and Screaming Through the Ages into the year episodes because I know nothing and they know everything. <laughs> they, are the te- they are the teacher and I am the student. The so pupil. you're saying Bill Van Vagel saying giving out his love for Feeders 3 is... Okay. <laughs> listen to Screaming Through the Ages and Greg on, <laughs> on Landry Greg and Dave, yeah. yeah. Uh, and take everything Bill says with a grain of salt. But here's the thing, here's the thing. You know, you got you got to expose yourself to some variety. He is um, definitely that. We love Bill, but yeah. Bill loves to be too much. So anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening. Until next time, remember, the family that watches horror together slays together. Once again, I want to thank our Patreon supporters, Trey Whetstone, Stefan Sitter, Amy Swan, Ryan Bratton, Greg and Pearl Morgan, Nick Stumpf, Kevin Corpy, Kate Lamp, Joel Robertson, Ian West, Ian Urza, Greg Russell, Greg Bench, Dave Becker, Dan George, Carl Davis, Brian Scott, Billy D, Ashley Pinkard, and Andred. Thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast. You're the best. Like I said before, you make this podcast possible. Number 10 is Terrifier 2. Hot dog. <laughs> Hot dog. <laughs> Hot dog. <laughs>